everybody and welcome back to Let's Go On An Adventure. I have been gone for a few weeks and for that I apologize. But looking on stats, looks like we have some new viewers from a few different countries. Uh, from Italy to Hungary or Hungary, not quite sure how it's pronounced. As well as France and some of our other countries that have already signed on as have continued to listen. So thank you so much for that. Um, I'm back and I will be honest, I haven't read too many books since I've been gone. I've really been focusing on a couple of them and when you're constantly working, it's really hard to actually get some reading time in. Now, this podcast today is actually going to be a continuation of a series that we already had going, which was the Akatar series or the Court of Thorns and Roses series. And I'm going to kind of make this both a review as well as a discussion because... I have some things to say about the main character. So before we dive into it, spoilers for those who have not read the Akatar series, uh, for those who don't know about the relationships, the ships that are going on through the stories, the different aspects that have gone on, because there there's a lot that happens in this. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So to clarify, this is essentially the fourth, well technically the fifth installment of the Court of Thorns and Roses book. Uh, this is A Court of Silver Flames. Now, in particular, again, spoilers, this particular book has to do more about the character Nesta, the older sister of the uh, Arcanon sisters. I know I'm butchering their last name, just roll with it. And of the sisters, there's Nesta, Elaine, and Fier. Fier, we know, is the biggest character in the Court of Thorns and Roses series. She was with Tamlin and then things happened under the mountain. She ended up with Rysand and is now the High Lady of the High Court. Now this book technically continues right after the War of Highborn. About, I think they said it was about a year. Now Nesta being the older sister, we, we already know that I don't like her. We don't because of the things that she did in book one. She, being the oldest of the three, damn near let their family starve while they let their 14-year-old, all the way through 17-year-old sister, go out alone, learn how to hunt, and take care of shit. That's not okay to me. I like, at all. So I already had a bad taste in my mouth. She always seemed way too high and mighty and whatnot. Now this book is kind of her redemption story, her redemption arc. For those of you who don't know what I mean by that, biggest example is Avatar The Last Airbender, Zuko. Started out as a villain, became a good guy. Now in this book, Nesta isn't necessarily a villain. However, she's her own villain. By that I mean she lets her trauma from the past as well as the war essentially eat her up. Now before anyone comes and attack me, yes I do understand that PTSD is a thing. I do understand that people change after a war. I'm not oblivious to that. In particular, what she's letting her, letting eat at her is specific events of the war. One being the snapping, her, her father dying. They snapped his neck right before she could essentially get to him. And that plays on repeat in her head. It's going to traumatize anyone. I understand that. What she's dwelling on is the fact that her father loved her so much, even though she had nothing but resentment towards him. For those of you who haven't read the other books, I'm not going to explain why she had resentment. Read the books. Then you'll understand. Now, she's literally 
in despair for that as well as all the past that has gone on and the fact that her humanity is basically over she was thrown into the cauldron she's now Haifei as well as Fier as well as Elaine who was also thrown into the cauldron but is is Faye a thing that they grew up hating and fearing so the one thing that you know she grew up not you know liking absolutely loathed grew up afraid of she now is one of them However, when she was thrown in the cauldron, she took something from the cauldron. She is essentially death itself is how they kind of describe it, but not. She has a power that everyone has a hard time understanding and in a way fears. That in itself also eats at her because she essentially can feel the darkness inside, you know, out of control. So what does she do? Like any normal person, she goes around, drinks herself stupid and gets into bed with any man who will have her. And wakes up, kicks him out, and goes about her day. So, you know, the basic, you know, drinking yourself stupid as well as, you know, hoeing around. Like, you know, any normal person would do. Fair and Rysand have had enough of this because she is now technically a courtier. No, that's Cassian. She is a member of, of the court, of the high court with Rysand, with Fair, with Cassian, Azriel, Amen, or Armin. Yeah that girl <laughs> she's all part of that as their dignitary that's what it was between the human world and fey world so she's basically been drinking raising this enormous tab that basically the court is paying and it all comes to a head when she basically buys a bunch of exotic stuff you know because she's drunk and drowning her sorrows and they're like yeah nope you're done just you're done so they sent her away with cassian to essentially train and she's not up for it. She's not wanting to train. She's not wanting to do essentially what she's told because, you know, she's the older sister. She doesn't get told what to do. She is Nesta. She doesn't do what other people tell her. She does what she wants to do. But things don't go her way. Not at all. They basically tell her she has a couple weeks. She will be training with Cassian for two hours. And she will be working in the night court library for about six doing whatever the priestesses need her to do. Now, when I say things don't work her way, things work out in great ways and bad ways. Now, for the more sensitive readers, and by sensitive, I don't mean like you, you can't take things. I mean, for those who are younger and aren't exactly ready to read scenes of intimacy, stay away from this book. It has high intimacy all throughout all throughout sex scenes everywhere they're tasteful but it's a lot which i find funny considering some uh what was it senators were wanting to ban book two of the series yeah they didn't read book four they should have wanted to ban this one but with everything that goes on cassian takes her to the Illyrian camps where they mostly train and she won't do it she won't do it he realizes the reason why she won't do it is because there is an audience. Makes sense. She doesn't want to make a fool of herself in front of a bunch of complete strangers with wings. Especially complete strangers who absolutely hate the idea of women training with them. Now that being said, Cassian figures out, okay, this won't do. So he creates essentially a private, let me see if I can speak, a private training ring above the House of Wind. So where they usually see, you know, the stars and everything like that up there, where just the two of them can train. 
And she, you know what, starts doing it. She starts dealing with it. Now, one thing that they never understood is Nesta is essentially what is called Maid. M-A-D-E. She is a fae that was made. She wasn't born fae. She was created by the cauldron. Same with Elaine. She was created. She was made. One thing that they find out is she can make other things made. Make them fae, essentially artifacts or anything. Biggest one is the House of Wind essentially becomes her friend. I know, super weird, totally haunted house vibes, but in the best way. Come to find out, apparently this this house likes to read romance novels just like Nesta and keeps dropping some off in her room. It's kind of funny. But it listens to Nesta. Now, already, because it's in the Fey world, the house was essentially magic and would give you whatever you needed. Emphasis on need. But because she was so up when, upset when she first came to the House of Night, because essentially having to have her whole life uprooted again, because Farron Raysan said, enough is enough. She wishes essentially for a friend. And that house literally becomes that, becomes her friend. Now, as time goes on, she's training. She's told she cannot hit the city at all. She's not allowed to hit the city, which is one of the reasons why they sent her to the House of Wind. House of Wind it's 10,000 steps to the city if you can't winnow or fly. So if she wants to get to the city, it's one heck of a workout. And she learns that really fast when she almost falls and breaks her neck the first time around. The house won't give her wine. They've been instructed 100% not to allow her to drink. Which, of course, you know, for anyone who's been on a drinking binge, being told they can't drink makes you really cranky. So she continues the training with Cassian. Now, I already said there's intimate scenes. I'm pretty sure you can figure out where those intimate scenes are. Definitely between those two characters. <laughs> now, as time goes on, she does make some friends in the library. She makes friends with these priestesses. And these priestesses actually come with her and they start training. And they start f training in the ways of an old group that is no longer around. The Valkyries. Now, before anyone says anything, yes, I do know the Valkyries are part of also, I think it's Norse legend as well as some other legends. Yeah, Sarah J. Maas is pretty creative and she added a bunch of different things. And essentially, she took the same basis of Valkyries in Norse myth and added them to the Valkyries in Court of Silver Flames. Things go crazy. They end up being some really great fighters. And they train really hard and almost end up in a lot of trouble having to do with a blood rate. Uh, but not going to get into that. Here's where we're discussional is going to be. I still have issues with Nesta. Truly. Like, deep down to my core, I still don't like Nesta. Redemption arc or not, she really rubs me the wrong way. And the reason why I say that, she's a great character. She's an absolutely great, great character that was created. If I met her in the bar, I'd want to punch her in the face. Just, even with everything that she's gone through, her air of, I'm better than you, drives me nuts. Granted, that starts going away towards the end of the book and she starts, you know, being more humbled. But her just, I'm better than you, the, I don't deserve this, boo-hoo, um... 
my sister chose my other sister over me why is everyone happy except me attitude drives me absolutely nuts absolutely nuts she failed as an older sibling in my opinion she was the oldest of the three granted she's only like 23 okay she's not that old but when they hit poverty they were living in a cottage to the point where her and her two other sisters were sharing a bed and her father who is essentially a cripple because the debtors came and beat the crap out of him to where his foot was mangled his leg was mangled he couldn't walk he no longer had a job they lost their fortune instead of finding a way to help her own family she allowed their youngest sister to do that work her youngest sister granted when they became poor she was like fifth you know 17 17 ish and fier was like i think they said she was like nine ten years old she started hunting for them at 14 14 these are merchant daughters she has never hunted a day in her life none of them have i i hold some resentment towards nesta now understanding her backstory that their mother was not exactly the best mother and neither was her grandmother her grandmother was an abusive woman by the sounds of it and her mother didn't take didn't fall too far from the tree but her mother was essentially grooming nesta to be that type of girl who went after a prince made sure that she you know knew the dance you know dances that she needed to know how to use her beauty as a weapon you know that kind of thing that kind of person that she was and she showed that a couple of times uh in her past uh there was an instance where she literally stole a duke who was too old for her that she couldn't marry away from a duchess or away from another girl because this other girl uh was making fun of elaine or something so as a revenge she essentially stole this duke away even though she knew she couldn't marry him it worked he thought she was absolutely gorgeous wanted her and they're like um she's 14 dude no you can't have her but she never wanted him in the first place it was all just a revenge thing because her mother taught her to do that kind of thing that's that's not cool i do understand she has the backstory to go with her trauma the backstory that shows the type of person that she is that type of mentality though does not explain why you allow a child to do the hunting for you like at all I understand the bitterness of the shame and everything like that of not wanting to do that. But the way she, Sarah J. Maas explained it for Nesta in the book was just that she was too ashamed, that she was too scared, that she was too weak. And it's like, you know what? I get that. I get that. Um, you were almost an adult. You could have at the very least learned with your sister and would been there to you know protect her at the very at, at the minimum at the minimum because see when they were looking at the possibility of being even worse off when it was elaine you know the most beautiful of the sisters supposedly uh she was willing to put marry a scum of the earth man just to make sure elaine wasn't put in a bad position and by scum of the earth man, I mean she he literally tried to molest her in the barn before she bit his ear off, basically. So you're willing to 
marry someone who will molest you and probably abuse you from what she was saying about that family. But you wouldn't at least go out with your 14-year-old sister just to make sure she had backup? It, it ruffles my feathers in the wrong way. And then when she becomes Faye and fear out of the goodness of her heart, not just the goodness of her heart, because these are her sisters, not only takes them in, creates these, basically tells them, I will have a house built for you. You will have a home. You will be able to live a wonderful life, whatever life you want to do, the hobbies that you want to continue on, whatever you want to do. She basically gives her the middle finger, lives in Valeris, which it's a beautiful city anyways, but decides to find the hub of Valeris, because every city has one, that, you know, has holes in the walls, that has leaks, that has probably rats, and Lord knows what else there, and live there while drinking out of a bottle and taking a different man home every night. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. No redemption arc can really save you from that. No redemption arc. I don't care how hard she worked, because she did work hard. I will give her that. To become a better person. And she did become a better person. She still lashed out. Which, granted, everyone does. But, I mean... She just... Uh, she just was not my favorite character. Was not my favorite character in any way, shape, or form. And, again, if I met her in the bar, I'd probably want to backhand her. I just... It'd be a bar fight, right there. <laughs> and granted, I do understand my opinion is incredibly biased, not just because I was the reader of the book and I'm explaining my opinion to everyone else here, but because I do myself have siblings and these are my thoughts if I was put in that position. And it upsets me that an older sibling would not do the same. It does. It frustrates me on so many levels. There are plenty of other surprises in this book, so I do urge you guys to read it along with the rest of the Akatar series. And there are rumors, and I have not been able to actually find any clarifying details, but there are rumors that she's actually going to continue the Akatar series either from A Court of Silver Flames or continue it with possibly a different relationship. So, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Elaine with Azriel as opposed to Lucian, even though Lucian's supposedly her mate. So I don't know. Those vibes are there. Those vibes are definitely there. So I guess we'll see. Now I do know that she's also working on the Crescent City series at this point in time. I believe the third book is set to come out next year. Not 100%. Don't quote me. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But we also know Sarah J. Moss is known to write more than one book in a year. So she usually writes about two in a year. It's absolutely astounding to me. Um, but yeah, I believe that's going to be it for this podcast for tonight. I know I am incredibly behind in for that. I apologize, guys. I am hoping to have be on a regular schedule from here on out. Do you have a bunch more books coming out um, that I am in the process of reading and will get a review out for you as soon as I can, once I can finish. <laughs> so thank you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful week. And again, thank you for joining us on our podcast. And I hope this book will bring you on to your next adventure. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>